for the first time ever. A Phantom Rant limited series. Coming exclusively to Phantom Rant Radio. Covering the Snyder Cut. A six-part limited series covering the journey to the Snyder Cut. Featuring six chapters. Chapter 1, The Vision. Chapter 2, The Downfall. Chapter 3, The Movement Part 1, Rebirth. Chapter 4, The Movement Part 2, The Happening. Chapter 5, A New Movement. And finally, Chapter 6, The Announcement. Release The Snyder Cut. Yo, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Chapter 3 of Journey to the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. It's your favorite boys of Fandom Rant, Ryan. Say what's up, Ryan. What's up? Peter. Hello, my little friend. Okay. And I'm your host for today's episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, Stephen wants to be the host, even though Peter I'm is the sitting, host. <laughs> even though Peter's sitting in the Peter host chair. Peter is sitting chair. in the host chair. But anyways, today is a special day because we are starting our talk on the Snyder Cut movement. This episode, if you're listening, you know it's titled The Movement Part 1 Rebirth. Rebirth. So within this episode and the next one that will be released on Friday, we'll break down the whole Snyder Cut movement, all the events that happened, all the tweets, all the Vero posts, everyone in support, all the hate against it. Mm -hmm. We'll get into it. But uh, I say we just kick this off with the beginning of the timeline. So 2017 in November, just a few days after the theatrical release, the Snyder Cut movement began. Um, and we'll talk about this, but pretty much everything Zack Snyder um, does in support of the movement was through Vero posts. Um, and we'll talk about those. But I wanted to kind of hand this off to Peter. Because he's the, because the nerd. He, the he is nerd. the Snyder Cut expert. But basically, this whole issue stems from not giving directors um, what is called artistic integrity. Yeah, not giving directors freedom, making sure that there is artistic integrity. Like, think about it like this. If you are a student in school, you're working on a project, you're all done with it, you need to make some tweaks, someone else comes in, they completely change it and submit it in your name, and it gets put out there, and everyone thinks that it's you, and it sucks compared to what you And you get a fat F, the biggest F possible. <laughs> no one even goes to see your presentation in the theaters. <laughs> oh my God. We're talking about justice. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, so just the fact that, you know, that was a huge thing with the Snyder Cut, artistic integrity, making sure that with the director and the per- person who wants to have their vision realized, who whatever they want to put out on there should be able to be put out there. Um, you know, and with the Snyder Cut getting released, you know, this could be a big change in Hollywood. It'll make studios think twice about you know, before they next time they screw over a director, you know, and meddling in their work, um, to stop them from literally doing what they were hired to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. and then this could definitely give um, directors more power versus the studio, producers, and executives of movies. Like, um, obviously, there are guys like Christopher Nolan who don't really, you know, have struggle with this, but obviously there are a lot of directors who don't most people almost no one is on that Christopher Nolan. I can do whatever I want. Level. There's like Spielberg, Nolan. Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. They're a select few. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
Uh, but yeah, there was big time backlash to BVS online and the Snyderverse and just the DCEU. Um, a lot of people told the Snyder Cut move. People told the Snyder Cut movement, "Oh yeah, tweeting at Warner Bros won't work." Mm. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Looks like the joke's on you. Um, <laughs> obviously, you guys have been introduced to Jay Oliva. If you guys don't know who he is yet, go listen to chapter. Go listen to chapter one or two. <laughs> we mentioned him. Um, but yeah, Jay Oliva has. Uh, he himself has said. Um, I'm sure a lot of important WB execs are noticing what's trending on social media. Execs have smartphones and are constantly on social media. In fact, this whole mess is because of execs reading social media and believing it to be the gospel truth. The whole, it's too dark, needs more joke, it's colorless, it to be more like Marvel, etc. You can tra- trace back to the bandwagon of social media. Mm. So Jay Leva himself worked on the movie. He was there behind the scenes. He knows what type of conversations was happening between um, Zack Snyder and the studio and um, all the drama that went on there. So he himself knows that, yes... They were influenced by the whole, oh, it needs to be more like Marvel. It's too dark. Mm-hmm. It's colorless. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, things like that. This isn't even only, you know, regarding comic books anymore. You guys remember the stills um, for mm-hmm. uh, Danny yeah. Villeneuve's Dune movie that's coming out, uh, supposed, supposed to come out uh, in December of 2020. We'll see what happens <laughs> well, yeah. with yeah. coronavirus. But um, you, there were literally people in the media and critics complaining about, oh, why isn't it what, like about how it doesn't look fun and that it's colorless? Yeah, yeah. So this mentality that especially critics have nowadays that everything needs to be jokes, everything needs to oh have so much color and um, where's the fun? You know, they want movies to be fun, um, and so you know that's kind of you know ruining movies, and there was a big reason why the DCEU got so much backlash, especially like the OG DCEU. Dark Knight is such a bad movie because it's not funny. But it but it has a clown in it. It's not funny. <laughs> but he laughs. Ha 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 ha. Ant-Man the Wasp is better because it's funny. Oh gosh. All right, we need to stop. I mean, for the record, people who say BVS doesn't have solid humor, I don't know if they are real DC fans because some of those Alfred roasts oh, to Bruce. Well, yeah. Alfred are hilarious. Bruce. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like Zack Snyder was trying to take these kind of characters seriously. He wasn't mm-hmm. trying to, you know, just make, you know, you know, little fun little movies. He was legit trying to take these characters seriously and was making um, comic book movies for comic book fans. Yeah. So um, I think we could just right now go over uh, some of like the big Snyder Cut, release of Snyder Cut movement initiatives. So just in no particular order, obviously, I mean, I guess we can go around saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big thing was, um, the Snyder Cut movement demanded the re- release of Zack Snyder's original cut of Justice League. Yeah. And then there was a banner flown over San Diego Comic-Con that said, hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. And they also flew it over Warner Bros. headquarters in Burbank. Um, and that's where, you know, the CEO, Bob Greenblatt. Yeah, he, he in a recent interview, he basically confirmed that they legitimately took notice of that at their offices. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Um, um, yeah, and obviously, uh, they put the release of Snyder Cut movement. They, um, they paid billboards, for billboards yeah. uh, at, across the USA. Whether mm-hmm. at uh, Comic Con, I remember they had one like near San Diego, and then they had one in Times Square as I well. That was a yeah, big day. Zack Snyder, you know, reposted about that on his Vero. Yeah. Then they had a huge letter writing campaign, which our very own Peter Moses <laughs> took part of. Sending who'd you send it to? And Sarnoff. And Sarnoff, the yeah. new head of. Warner Bros. Yeah, or? maybe we'll release that. You know, 
on uh oh, Phantom Ranch website. You guys can read <laughs> read Peter's Peter's message that helped release this. Such a polite cut. letter. <laughs> um and then we also had Twitter campaigns, which we'll get into this a little bit later when we start talking about timeline. But you know, in the peak of November twenty nineteen is when this really started was like massive amount of tweets. Like this out tweeted like super like football Sundays and stuff like yeah. that. Um so yeah, it, it became a big movement. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Um, something that was really cool is um, we've kind of mentioned Subway and made jokes about Subway, but legit, Subway was in on the Snyder Cut and what was going on behind the scenes in a way that I guess they're kind of like a sponsor of it, yeah. <laughs> of the Snyder Cut. Um, shout out to Evan, too. Evan's Evan going to create change from within. You know, he does that Snyder sub. And Margot oh. Robbie used to work at Subway, too. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> he would know oh, that. Oh, gosh. No, but uh, Subway, they had this little thing like, oh, re- uh, release the Snyder Cut movement. If you can get a certain number of tweets in this amount of time, mm-hmm. we'll feed 10,000 families. Yeah. And they got they, it. They, they blew met, it out. They did it in like a way short amount of time. And they started quoting the movie. They're like, so you're fast. And things like that. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, so they were clearly did their homework. Subway did, and whoever's running the Subway <laughs> Instagram or Real Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> those interns or whoever, if, uh, yeah, those they need ra- a raise, big time. Uh, yeah, the release really Cut movement also did uh, help feed families through Ben Affleck's charity, and then um, the last big thing is one of the big things that the Snyder Cut movement dedicated themselves to: the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So mm. obviously, kind of dedicating that to Autumn Snyder, um, Zack Snyder's daughter, who unfortunately uh, committed suicide um, during post-production of Justice League. Yeah, and um, the Release Snyder Cut movement uh, has raised over a hundred and eighty thousand dollars. For AFSP, so cool. Which is which is really really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Snyder fans or whatever they kind of get a bad rap a lot of times with fandoms. So we'll we'll address some of those yeah. complaints a little later. But obviously, um, Zack Snyder and the DCEU and the Snyder Cut movement obviously did have a lot of haters. Um, oh yeah, big so time. We will. Uh, I guess we'll start talking about that right now. Yeah. And then after that, we will dive into the timeline. Yep. And news we got at the Snyder Cut. But yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything you want to talk about? You guys have endured this a lot longer than I have. So <laughs> I really want to hear from you guys. It's so sad that there are literally tweets that people say, Snyder Starter killed herself because he's such a bad director. Like the yeah. amount of hate that this guy gets for no reason. Like he's such a sweet guy. Like have you seen videos of him? Like even when he curses, you're like, oh. <laughs> like I don't know how else to put it. And like the, the hate is so unwarranted. And like we've mentioned in other episodes, it's just – so uneducated people no like Stephen Stephen likes to just call him like he's just like a big nerd that's like he's a mega nerd and it's like someone forced him out of his basement to talk to people (laughs) and it's so great no because he's uh, got so much enthusiasm for what he talks about and he's fully devoted into what he does he talked about how he was at comic-con and Snyder's a huge Star Wars fan Mm -hmm. and uh you know a good Star Wars movie for him to direct would be Old Republic but you know just just putting that out there (laughs) uh (laughs) But, Disney, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for all the times I've made fun of your company. <laughs> Hire Zack Snyder as a director of Star Wars. <laughs> no, but he's a huge Star Wars fan. He got into, he wanted to make movies because of Empire Strikes Back. So um, that's what made him want to be a movie director. And so he was at Comic-Con this one time, and he was telling this, uh, this story while promoting Man of Steel and about how um, he saw these guys uh, who saw some other people at Star Wars dressed up as Clone Wars and said like something about like, oh, are those guys like Ghostbusters or something? And he got like angry. He's like, 
what the heck he's like, get these guys out of here like i will hurt you <laughs> so he's he's like just like legitimately like just a passionate fan oh, man. Um, who happens to be an incredible filmmaker yeah, yeah so um and obviously there's a reason his cast is so loyal to him oh yeah is because he's literally one of like the nicest guys like in a in hollywood full of like you know pedophiles and rapists and things like that and <laughs> not even that just egotistical mania yeah. and he's like such a humble guy he does so much mm-hmm. stuff for his fans like there's a reason why jace momoa is you know is like a ride or die for him you know yeah gal gadot she um, calls him my director right yeah something like it's like my like magnificent Zack snyder yeah. and like everything <laughs> like that uh um and then like ray fisher who plays cyborg like amy adams has like said like after that backlash to bvs just like it was like was so hard seeing him like get hate on like that because mm-hmm. of the fact that like he's such a respect uh respectful director right. and things like that like and people like the media especially and even fans too but especially the media they literally try to say like i've and i, I kid you not i've seen people call him racist i've seen people call him a misogynist and sexist i've literally seen media people in the media call him a nazi so I mean, they're clowns. They they are clowns. <laughs> so but, yeah, I mean, um, like even big bigger uh, actors in the DC universe, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck. One of the biggest reasons they want to come back is because of yeah, Zack ben, Snyder. Ben Affleck, ben is, Affleck is a big Zack Snyder guy yeah. in terms of his vision for Batman and mm-hmm. his character in the DCEU. Yeah, but obviously we talked about in chapter two near the end of uh, that chapter about how um, literally after every single DCEU movie since uh, since after Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been articles published from um, Wonder Woman to Birds of Prey about how, oh, this is a step in the right direction for the DCEU. Mm. Every single movie, even Justice League. Yeah, right. even they, we've that had heaping pile of garbage. <laughs> there were articles literally saying, oh, this is a step in the right direction for the DCEU. So, like, the people in the media have no idea what they're talking about. They're, and, yeah, I think it is a good good time to talk about the media right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's just get out of the way. So, basically... There are some pretty big media sites that you really should just stay away from. <laughs> One of those is Screen Rant, ComicBook.com. Well, there, there are a, there are a few writers who are like if it's a Stephen Colbert, Brad Curran, or Andrew Dice article from Screen Rant talking about something related to Zack Snyder. It's it'll be like a good. Legit. It'll typically be mm-hmm. a legit article. Yeah. Other things are just yeah, and then like but like ComicBook.com. I think they literally posted an article like today or whatever talking about how um they're like this is how uneducated like and how they have no idea about what's going on that how snyder needs to film like reshoot whedon scenes or that's something that's what like they're that. talking about that snyder's gonna reshoot whedon scenes and add them to his movie like what are you saying do you realize that he finished filming <laughs> his entire movie yeah and that's the thing boy like with the media they they initially have the narrative like oh yeah the, he Zack Snyder didn't even get to finish filming his movie oh yeah hope he, is like your car keys <laughs> it's, it's never too far away God. no because so they continued with that narrative until it was debunked and you a simple a simple search would have you know shown you that yes they finished wrapping like the end of October I believe or like the middle of October I believe like in 2016 mm-hmm. so that's when they they finished filming in 2016 he stepped down in 2017 how did he not finish filming you know um and the goalposts and the narrative have kept changing and part of this is because of the Snyder Cut movement we've been unearthing things proving people you know wrong it went from um 
Justice League is Zack Snyder's movie. You know, people claim that after it mm-hmm. came out. Um, to there's no Snyder cut, it doesn't exist. To it's just an assembly cut. To it's just a work print. To it exists, but it isn't in a presentable form. Mm. To it's in a presentable form, but Warner Bros. will never release it. To Warner Bros. will probably release it, but it will probably suck. And to now, it's coming out, but it's still going to suck. <laughs> like, it's going to suck is the new. It doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> And like, you know, just people who just love movies have this weird like thing about the DC universe, like Bat or BBS and Man of Steel that they just like, it's just common sense. Yeah, those are bad movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It's a bummer that that's a stigma. Yeah. It's just, it's just been repeated so many times that people just accept it as, oh, these are bad yeah. movies, you know? Um, yeah. And something that we were um, continuously told by Warner Bros was that um justice league was going to be Zack snyder's movie and adhere to his vision yeah they mm-hmm. talked about how Zack snyder is just handing the baton handing to the joss yeah. whedon <laughs> just passing it forward and joss whedon's gonna finish Zack oh snyder's yeah that's vision. how they made it sound big time yeah and then joss whedon's like yo i'm gonna try to make the avengers with the justice league character <laughs> yeah um i believe charles roven said this quote he said the directing is minimal and has to adhere to the style and tone and the template that Zack set. We're not introducing any new characters. It's the same characters in some scenes. He's handing the baton to Joss, but the chorus has really been set by Zack. I still believe that despite the strategy, we'll end up with a great movie. Like, I, I think they said, like, he was, they were only going to reshoot, like, 10 to 15% of his scenes. Hmm. You know, they messed like up and said they were only keeping 10% of those <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, you know, we've had the against the Snyder Cut movie, we've had the media against us, we've had kind of Warner Bros. against us, we've had, you know, other fandoms against us. And obviously, like you said, Ryan, you just mentioned that there's the stigma around Snyder's movies that, oh, they're bad. And Mm -hmm. his theatrical cuts definitely give him a bad name because those aren't his director's cuts. That's not the original movie he made. Right. You know, something that people get wrong about the Ultimate Edition of BVS, it's not an extended cut. It's, that's the original movie. And they cut out 30 minutes of it. That's 60, that's not 60%. That's a sixth of the movie mm-hmm. of that they cut. Imagine uh, Endgame is three hours as well. Imagine them cutting out 30 minutes of Endgame. How do you think Endgame would have like turned out? You know what I mean? Yeah. How like, do you think that, how many different like subplots Endgame has? Do you think that movie would have turned out I mean, coherent? They could, have, they could have cut out all of Fat Thor and Ooh. Professor Hulk scenes and that would have been fine. <laughs> but anyways, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Um, but ultimately... Um, obviously something that people do say about BVS and I know you I think you mentioned this in chapter one is about how it's kind of like a revenge tragedy I mean Zack Snyder is very much a show don't tell director yeah he'll have you take like try to figure out from the characters from what they say and how the plot moves versus having for Christopher Nolan is my favorite director but he gets into exposition he actually talked to Zack Snyder about this where uh, no one told Zach to assume that the audience is never paying attention. And if you guys rewatch Inception, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is literally there just to be exposition. <laughs> they have exposition like every five minutes to explain to you what's happening. Make sure that you're caught up with the movie. Right. Obviously- and they're like holding your hand. It's like, okay, here's the door. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to open it. Art, we just opened the door. Now we're going to walk out. <laughs> Inception is obviously a very complex movie yeah. and everything, but like this is some this is definitely a, a big Christopher Nolan trait that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um whereas Snyder, he he wants you to figure out he expects the audience to be paying attention and so, like he treats the audience like adults. Um Yeah. 
And so, I mean, but like seriously, for Christopher Nolan to tell Zack Snyder that, it, like he's one of the best storytelling directors ever. So for him to say um, that he has zero confidence in the audience he's making films for, what does that really say about us, the audience, yeah. to the yeah. point that we've sad. gotten to now? It is sad. We have such like short attention spans. That's why the like... MCU works so well. Yeah. I don't want to bash on it, but I mean, <laughs> it doesn't take a genius to watch those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just give a quick example from BVS how um, when Bruce has his dream, not the nightmare sequence, but like when he has the dream with the man bat, when he goes to his parents' grave, he, there's like a glass painting on the wall that shows an angel in blue and red garbs. And so his sub, Bruce's subconsciousness in this scene is trying to tell them that Superman is like an angel, that he's good. But that, well, obviously Bruce isn't listening to that. Mm-hmm. And so obviously... There are countless examples in Man of Steel and BVS that I could use like this, but I bet most people won't even realize that. Like, in that whole sequence, he tells you so much about where Bruce Wayne is at as a character. About, like, the whole man bat, how the drop of blood is coming out of Martha's grave, and then, um, like... The, the demon the, bat Yeah, the thing. bat, like, jumps out and bites him. It's how, like, the bat has consumed the man, mm-hmm. and how he's defaming the reason why he started it, being yeah. Batman. But obviously the death of his parents. The obviously, movie like paints Batman killing as like an awful thing. No, no one in the movie is like, yeah, Batman, you shoot those guys. You do that. <laughs> but everyone in the audience is like, oh my gosh, Batman's killing people. <gasps> but, 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 but that's his one rule, even though in every media, former Batman, outside of George Nipple Clooney, Batman, <laughs> Batman kills people. He's killed in the comics. He's killed in the Nolan trilogy in each movie. But when Ben Affleck does it and they say, hey, this isn't the way ben- Batman's supposed to be. We're doing a reverse kind of setup for Batman. We're going to take his character that used to be similar to the animated series where he had morals. He had his code. He lived by something. And we're going to say that he's abandoned that. He's turned away mm-hmm. from what he used to be. And we're going to have a movie that is that reconstructs who batman is such a cool concept though and the audience freaks out because i don't even it it, it, it highlights <laughs> i guess that batman is killing people and it's all wrong but yeah no you just yeah bvs is the first batman movie to show that batman killing is actually wrong it doesn't just <laughs> gloss over it like say like the dark knight trilogy or michael keaton's movies where he you know kills people like a psychopath you know <laughs> smiles <laughs> but obviously We've kind of talked about the overall characterizations, but what's the most polarizing moment in the DC? Obviously, the Superman killing Zod is close, mm. but you know there's still a, a moment in BVS that obviously got everyone up in arms. Oh so. no! Oh no! Oh, Save no. Martha. What is the name? What is the name? What is the name? Wait, um, that's so stupid. Why? Why does that stop them from fighting? Oh my gosh! Like, if your mothers have the same name, will you just be like best friends forever? Oh my like, god! Oh apparently. my gosh! Like, that's such a whack thing to do. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, guys. We've talked about this Martha scene multiple <laughs> times in the pod. So if you listen, you know that this actually it is the only thing in Batman's character that could actually turn him. But before we hop into the timeline, I want Stephen to explain this. For those of you who don't know, if you've been living under a rock. Or in some abandoned cabin in the woods. Bruce Wayne becomes Batman because his parents die. I know that might be a spoiler for some of you. <laughs> oh my god. Might be a shocker. But this guy has major issues. He dresses up like a bat during the night and beats people up. He has really bad PTSD. If you read, you know, any comics, when people 
mess with his parents. So I'll give you an example for the Tower of Babel. It's a Justice League comic. Rachel Ghoul, just to mess with Batman, kidnaps his parents and makes jokes that he's going to drop them into the, the Lazarus pit and bring them back to life. And, you know, that just kind of messes with Batman's psyche. He can't focus on anything else, so Rage is able to attack the Justice League. Mm-hmm. If you look at Superman Batman comic where they switch powers, Batman kind of goes off on the rogue side where he kind of breaks the law even more, gets pretty close to killing people, and the only thing that can get him to snap him back to sanity is Zatanna using magic to make him re-see his parents. Mm. So you have this guy who has PTSD, major you know, mommy-daddy issues, and you give this alien, Superman, who, to Batman, he's not human. Mm-hmm. He has no connection to Earth. He has, his, his parents are alien planet. Alien, alien parents. <laughs> they're, they're ego. They're planets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you pay attention to the movie when Batman's dragging Superman across uh, the ground. I bet your parents yeah. said you're special. I bet they said you meant something. Batman never considered that Superman grew up on Earth. Right. Batman never considered that Superman had human parents. And in that moment, he realized, like when Lois comes in and says, that's the name of his mother, it just like, it clicks right there for Batman. Mm-hmm. He realizes in an instant that this alien is more human than he is. Yeah. And it's, that's just the best way to describe yeah, it, I think. That he's become the very same thing he sought to destroy. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> that I mean, he's going to prevent, you know, this Superman's mother from living in yeah. this case. So, I mean, like, originally, where if you just watch that scene and you know nothing about Batman, you don't really pay attention to the movie, yeah, it's like, huh, why they stop fighting? That doesn't make any sense. But if you really dive deep and understand these characters, that's the only thing that can turn mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, it's not uncommon for fans of Man of Steel and BVS and um, to say that people don't understand or get BVS, that they don't, like, get the movie. Um but like stuff like this is kind of why. Like we're not saying that the movie's too smart for people. Um, we're just saying that they we don't re- that a lot of people don't realize what the story was trying to tell them. That they looked at the very surface level of that scene. They saw they um, you know heard Superman say Martha. They saw Batman you know say why did you say that name? Which Batman gets even more enraged because yeah, he gets massive oh triggered. My God. <laughs> it's like yeah. why did you say that name? And then until Lois actually says it's his mother's name. That. And then obviously, and that's when the the anger just dissipates, and yeah. he's he realizes he's a guy with a spear about to kill a guy just trying to save his mom. Right. Yeah. And so, but mm. I mean, people don't like to hear the oh you don't get it um, because you, they think that it's an assault to their intelligence, but really it's it's not because I'm sure we yeah. all have moments in movies where yeah. like wait oh, what yeah. just happened like huh yeah <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the the ultimate thing a lot of people especially with comic book movies, look at the very surface level of things that happen. Right. Because generally comic book movies are not as deep as Zack Snyder's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Typically comic book movies have been like popcorn flicks. Yeah. You don't go to a That's comic what people are expecting. You don't go to a comic movie to like see philosophy and... Yeah, people were trying to say, oh, they're in a better place without Zack Snyder. But here's the thing. DC films were in a better place with Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, after he left post after Justice League, um, DC films kind of felt aimless and directionless with like kind of like no idea where they were going. Um, you had Aquaman, which seemed like it followed after, you know, Justice League. 
and you had Shazam that it was like in the realm it, of it referenced all of this, but like yeah. you couldn't even get Henry Cavill to play Superman in this movie. You don't. It felt like. <laughs> Does Warner Bros. have their stuff together? Are they just trying to recast everybody? And then you get to this monstrosity oh, of a no. movie. <laughs> it is Birds of Prey, and you're going to take a Sandra Kane, probably oh, one of the coolest characters to ever exist in a comic book, and turn her into a Harley Quinn fangirl. Oh, so, no. I don't want to no, oh, Steve man. and I were talking about this. We, can, we obviously don't like what the MCU has done with like Thor and Hulk and things like that, but what they did with Cassandra Kane in Birds of Prey is probably the biggest disrespect to any comic book character ever. Mm-hmm. So, Sandra Kane yeah. can beat Batman in a fight before she even hits like 16. <laughs> and you're going to yeah. tell me that that's what you decided to do with that character. The coolest character ever with a with her backstory because she is trained and grown and bred to be a weapon. Where she doesn't even know English. It doesn't know how to speak any language. Except with her fists. And how she falls in love with the idea of Batman. Where it's this no kill. You can Wearing this symbol means that your past is, doesn't have to define you. Because this symbol means that you can have new life. You can change your identity. Change what people bred you to be. And then you turned her into a Harley Quinn fangirl. <laughs> And I've never been more pissed out of studio for anything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should just have an episode where Steven just rants about Cassandra Cain. Oh, man. It Prey. would be bad. <laughs> It'd be a long episode. A, yeah, okay. But, but well, you know, yeah. just, get to, just to get back on track, if Zack Snyder was still, you know, in control, Warner Bros. wasn't messing with anything, we would have already gotten the Flash movie. We would have already gotten um, Ben Affleck's Batman movie. We would have gotten Justice League Part 2. We would have gotten the Cyborg movie. And... We this year and later this year we would be getting the Green Lan- the Green Lantern core movie. Yeah. So <sighs> studio interference. Ryan Reynolds for Green Lantern. I think it's an amazing <laughs> casting idea, guys. Oh god. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously people did also say that Warner Bros. would be admitting that they, they messed up. You know, this is something that people who are against the Snyder Cut said, like, oh, do you know, just continue that they'd be saying that they messed up. Ultimately, to studios, it's all about money. Plus, Warner Bros. was under new management after Kevin Sujahara and other execs who were against Snyder like got fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kevin Sujahara was one of the big ones. He um, obviously ended up getting fired because of... Uh, he probably would have gotten fired anyway, but he ended up getting booted out early because of uh, he had this thing with an actress. I think that's kind of all Ooh, that needs to be said. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he got fired. Um, yeah. And so obviously Ann Sarnoff was the new CEO. And then AT&T bought Warner Bros. That was a huge thing. Um, and that was one of the reasons why um, WB didn't delay Justice League and rush it out because they needed to get it out before the new year, uh, before like the next year, so that the execs could get their bonuses because it's all about money and these execs are greedy. Um, so yeah, obviously people say uh, you see it now with regards to oh, oh the standard cut yada yada yada. People will say what if it's bad? What if it sucks? And you have no idea how many people I've you know seen say this. Mm-hmm. Um, First off, could you say that about literally any movie? Yeah, going into a movie, you have no idea whether it's going to be a good movie or a bad movie. You just have to go and see the movie and make mm-hmm. your own opinion. But then, like, as if the theatrical cut that we got for jo- for Justice League was any better. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't know how you can get worse than that. Like, on, a, on, on almost every technical level, Justice League was terrible. Bad CGI. Horrible dialogue. 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 They had the actors Cring. film not even together. Like Gal Gadot oh, yeah. and 
filmed her reshoots by herself and then the like the guys when they're were talking, by themselves sometimes when it's like they're trying to film it during the coronavirus like yeah like six feet talking. apart like you're in a different room filming gal Gadot, you can see it why she looks like so weird in that movie when she's talking to people it's because they weren't even there she's trying to imagine where they would be and she's looking at a certain area and they're not even there in that <laughs> final cut that they released at theaters uh yeah but before we hop into, I know we've been saying this, before we hop into the timeline, start giving you guys some of the big events that kicked off the Snyder Cut movement, people that were supporting it. Um, what else did you guys want to mention? Yeah, about- obviously people, uh, ultimately that whole complaint about it's bad, it kind of stems from the fact that people have no idea how different the Snyder Cut is from the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. which we will definitely touch on in chapter five, which will be, we'll start off with um, you know non-spoilers and mm-hmm. get into spoilers, depending right. on how, you know interested you guys are into really learning how different the Snyder Cut is. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this in chapter one with Steven, you know, we could go on for hours and hours debunking, you know, every single complaint about Man of Steel and BVS, but we obviously don't have time for that. So moving on to kind of um, one of our last big points about, you know, fandom, Oof. I guess. Oof. And that is the whole toxic aspect of, oh, the, the Snyder Cut movement and toxic fandom in general. You know, obviously, there are people who said, oh, the Snyder Cut movement, you bullied Warner Bros. First off, wow, what an accomplishment. We, a group of fans, <laughs> bullied a multi-billion dollar corporation. <laughs> Excuse me, as I watch them wipe away the tears with $100 bills. <laughs> you talk about Star Wars, where people bullied, you know, Kelly... Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie Tran off of social media for playing Rose. I'm like... Jake Lloyd for playing young Anakin. Yeah, they, that kid never acted again, basically. Yeah, it's like, I mean, all, <laughs> no. three, all three of us, huge Star Wars fans, we love Star Wars. That's our favorite, I'm sure, it's, yeah. for all three of us, it's our favorite film franchise of all time. Yeah. So, but... For, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ryan Over's like, yeah, Star Wars <laughs> sequels, oh. And there's so many voice to drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sure all of us will know that, yeah, there's some toxic Star Wars fans, but it doesn't mean Star Wars fans are all toxic. Yeah. You know, you, heck, can't, you can't characterize the whole group of people by the minority. They're all always be outliers mm-hmm. yeah even marvel and mcu fans you know do you remember the whole spider-man you know the fiasco debacle? with sony taking back <laughs> the rights to the character and everyone's like boycott sony hashtag retweet to save spider-man i remember how uh, they yeah. were how some people threatened to i mean nuke sony and like yep. nuke japan yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i remember when that was going on man <laughs> you know i mean i don't definitely don't want to take a shot at like mcu fans or anything but i I mean, and this is something that they should feel happy for, but one of the reasons why I think they haven't been, you know, all up in arms about anything or, like, unhappy and expressed, you know, disappointment and things like that and, quote-unquote, been toxic, or at least a lot of people that they don't talk about, is because of the fact that, I mean, everything's gone right for them. For the fans who really love the MCU, like, you know... Disney or slash the MCU does what they want and, mm-hmm. you know they haven't really had any hiccups with an actor leaving the role and we saw like the whole like craziness that happened when you know Spider-Man was potentially going to leave the MCU so yeah. like Everyone I mean freaked out so how do you think you know fans like at least the OG DCU feel with you know oh shoot you know Justice League completely got butchered and then Zack Snyder leaves and then Ben Affleck leaves and then Henry Cavill potentially leaves and you know it's this whole complete changing of the universe so like you know how like do you think that you know we'd be frustrated with you know Warner Bros and you know how things are going so I mean it's sad when I first heard the announcement about Tom Holland leaving the role I was actually happy (laughs) (laughs) me too yeah we won't talk about that that's for another go listen to that episode actually 
I don't know what episode number, but it's where we had Danny on as a guest and we talked yeah. about that whole Spider-Man situation. Because the MCU, as we've gotten into phase three, we've seen everything from the comics just go off the deep end. Which, I mean, it's not a bad thing for the MCU. I mean, it works. Clearly, people love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most popular franchise right now. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you're talking about Batman and Superman, and these are the biggest comic book characters, I don't want to see a funny Batman. <laughs> like, it's okay if you want to do that with, uh, with Thor. Way, I really don't care. I, but like, I, don't, I think it might have been the editor-in-chief of Rotten Tomatoes. I think. Don't quote me on this. But I know there was a guy who said that... Lego Batman movie is so good oh that everyone who worked on Batman v Superman should punch themselves in the face. Lego Batman is oh a horrible, horrible Batman film. That's all I want to say. <laughs> it's but a Zach- good Elseworlds story if you know nothing about Batman. <laughs> yeah, for real. I think it's like a parody of what people think Batman really is. Yeah. That's what my idea of the Bat. That's the only way I can ever tolerate the Batman movie, the Batman Lego movie. You know what's sad? Even though the Batman movie is such a gag, like a gag, mm-hmm. in that movie he still struggles more with his parents' like tragedy and death <laughs> than The Dark Knight Rises or the, any of those movies. Oof, oof, oof. Except Batman Begins. 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 Except and then Batman. right after that movie, it's all Rachel. I want to be with Rachel. Hot take. Batman Begins. I like that more than Dark Knight. Ooh, I don't think that's it's, such I don't, a hot I don't take. think it's a better movie. That's a hot I like take. It more. Oh boy, where's Devin? <laughs> oh, Devin getting rage. All right. Anyways, let's keep going. Quickly, do you guys? Uh, did you guys know that there was a bot campaign against BVS? Yes. A lot of people don't realize this. There was like, you know how it's like, oh, the same comment over and over again for like a lot of, you know, they, I think the comment was, it was something like, you know, Batman v Super, and this was back in like 2014. Dang. It was like, yeah. And people were like, um, Batman v Superman is just going to be a two hour tracking shot of people in the rain, you know, hmm. like. And, and just, there were so many tweets identical to that. Yeah. Like straight up identical. Dang. You know, I remember seeing an article, I think before BVS even came out, how, saying how BVS will get <coughs> mixed or negative reviews no, ma- no matter how good the movie might mm-hmm. end up being. Well, I mean, yeah, it like just goes to show this was so close to the Dark Knight trilogy. People were so attached to Bale. They were mm-hmm. so attached to him. And then now, I mean, we get a new Batman and people are not ready to let go at all. Yeah, I don't think people are still ready to let go of Bale, <laughs> considering like what I've heard from uh, Well, I mean, Pattinson. I think they're just, really, I mean, like people like um, Devin, they're ready for a new Batman. Devin will, just, I think Devin will always be ready for a new Batman. He's true. always going to love. He's, he's a great Batman he's a, he's a good. Yeah, he's plays all Batman the Arkham fan. games. Um, <laughs> but like, it's sad that people totally oversaw um, Ben Affleck. Yeah, but we're gonna and then they jump into the timeline yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. We've you been ranting ready? for a long time, but we're gonna <laughs> jump into the timeline, kicking off with December of 2017, mm-hmm. where Syrian Hines, the actor who played Steppenwolf, came out and said that he was unhappy with the cut of Justice League that he saw, and that this was not the movie that he worked hard on. Yeah, and it's things like these that really open us to the idea: like, is there more? Mm-hmm. Like. There has to be more out there. And yeah. then in the beginning of 2018, um, January, Zack Snyder fans basically launched the website for SnyderCut.com to support the release of the uh, director's cut. So basically, a lot of the information we're pulling is from that website. So if you guys want to learn more, go check it out. It's for the Snyder Cut for or Snyder for SnyderCut.com. Snyder yeah. Um, but yeah, on to you, Peter. Um, yeah, in February, uh, Zack Snyder posted... So this is the whole Zack Snyder <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> He's he, such a geek. He posted a picture of a cut on his finger. So like a, his finger Snyder was Snyder having cut, a cut you know, on his it. finger. And if all, you're a dad and you like dad jokes, <laughs> like if you're like Peter, and that thing just cracks you up, you probably found this funny. 
I thought it was stupid. Yeah, so this caused people to speculate, um, you know, people, uh, fans who were, you know, really campaigning for the Snyder Cut, even though this is in, like, the early, early stages um, yeah. of everything, um, caused them to speculate even more, like, wait, is he telling that there's a Snyder Cut? Like, is it going to be released on, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, video and DVD or... Uh, yeah. Or what's going on? Or like Blu-ray and DVD, Our little minds but. in 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How little we knew. Yeah, and then jumping into the next month, March, over 35 photos of Zack Snyder's Justice League cut were released onto a Chinese social networking site. Yeah. I wonder how they got there. <laughs> uh, that fueled the fire even more causing mm-hmm. people to be like yeah. whoa this look how different this is we are the spark that will light the stop. fire <laughs> stop that's gonna we will not have last jedi quotes on this <laughs> anyways more importantly than the snyder cut in march of 2018 fandom rant was born <laughs> just kidding thank you thank you thank you all right next iconic moment no, i'm just kidding <laughs> anyways in april of 2018 Joe Man, uh, okay, I always botch his name. Manjolino. Manjanello. Manjanello. It's like Italian or something. So he is the actor who plays Deathstroke. Deathstroke, aka Slade, in the DC universe. Basically, he came out and confirmed that Zack Snyder's end scene is better, hinting at you know Batman versus Deathstroke, and this is like this has come out more relevant, mm-hmm. relevantly today. But you know there is an end scene that's different from. What him and Lex. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll still include that. I don't know um, either. No, no, well, so we'll, I know we'll get to that yeah. in episode yeah. number five. Yes, where we'll talk yeah. about everything different. But yeah, this new end scene was supposed to be have a fight between Batman and Deathstroke. Kind of similar to, if you guys remember, the teaser for Arkham Origins, which is a really dope well, that's fight. What, it seems that he's hinting at that. We don't know if he's actually saying like, oh, they fight in the end credit scene. Yeah. But, we'll but end that's, that's, towards a fight. Yeah. 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 But ultimately, the uh, whole end credit scene, the whole Lex line, uh, we should have a league of our own. That is a Joss Whedon reshoot. Everything else is, a, mm. is part of Snyder. Interesting. So, uh, it's in a doom. <laughs> yeah, but in, in May of 2018, uh, hashtag release a Snyder cut trend. It treaded pretty big for this time. Uh, yeah. With At this moment, it was <laughs> considered big. Yeah, with uh, 11,000 tweets in one day, which... I'm pretty sure that happens like literally more That's than that happens every day now. Nothing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, in uh, in June of 2018, uh, a little later that year, Jay Oliva, uh, he confirmed that Zack Snyder had a complete cut of Justice League, that it exists, and we've talked about how he's just educating people all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then in July, during the Aquaman press tour, Jason Momoa, <laughs> number one Zack Snyder fan, comes out and says that Zack's cut is better than what we got in the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason Momoa, he's just such a guy. Like, <laughs> he is that guy. He's Yeah. Just going, a goat. going off of what Peter said with the 11,000 tweets in one day in May of 2018, just to give you some perspective of how big this movement became in like almost like a year and a half, in November of 2019... There were that's when the, like when everything broke loose like you know Ben Affleck tweeted that's when or he posted on his Instagram that's when it got a hundred or eight hundred thousand tweets yeah we will talk about day. that in chapter four yeah. that'll be in chapter into four de- spoiler de- alert spoiler oh. alert but anyways in September of 2018 Zack Snyder officially started revealing photos in black and white very classy on Vero of his cut. Um, it was starting with a picture of Batman with like some smoke screens. Um, but yeah, like this is kind of what kicked off back in 2018, 
of him kind of posting black and white photos and you you've you've seen them you all yeah. know them mm-hmm. um on vero yeah and then in november Zack snyder released a photo talking about the dark side history lesson mm-hmm. yeah we we had been hinted that dark side was in mm-hmm. uh his cut of justice league but mm-hmm. you know he this is when essentially when he confirmed it and obviously the media now now that snyder revealed that in cult the uh <laughs> In color photo oh, of Darkseid. Yeah. Now they're oh like, oh, breaking news. Darkseid is in the Snyder Cut. It's like... <laughs> We've been new. We we knew that in November of 2018. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we knew that back in, yeah, back a while ago. A long time ago. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. But yeah, I mean, that that's it. That's all we're going to have for timeline for this episode. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to pick up in the beginning of 2019 with Chapter 4 um, on Friday. But yeah, guys, is there anything you guys want to mention? You know, before we kind of conclude this episode and then finish with chapter four in the movement part two all i want to say is i'm excited to finish up this storyline because this storyline of the timeline because oh, yeah. it just gets crazier and crazier oh my gosh like we haven't even gotten to the big stuff yet we haven't oh, gotten all, to the, all big the big stuff. stuff is in chapter four all of all the big of stuff a little sneak peek Zack Snyder revealing Ray Porter as Dark Side when Jason Momoa literally said he saw it. Yeah, and it was it's gonna awesome. be it's gonna be enough spoilers for that. But tune yeah. in on Friday. Tune in. Part four, chapter four of Journey to the Snyder Cut. The happening. Stay tuned. Send me back, please.